Yeah, I think we all have. So let's grab our Bibles. Stand to your feet if you would. Hear this. If you carry old bricks from your past relationships into your new one, you'll build up the same house that fell apart before. If you carry those bricks from failed relationships, maybe you view your father relationship as a failed relationship where you'll carry that brick right into the next relationship and you'll end up building a house that'll fall apart all over again. Watch, you'll even come into the kingdom of God with those old bricks trying to establish a relationship with God and it'll just fall apart. Because you'll end up viewing your heavenly father in the same light and fashion you viewed your earthly father. Then it'll be tough to receive the love of God, the grace of God, the promises and the blessings of God. Because you'll see your heavenly father as you have seen your earthly father. Time to put the bricks away. And if you're going to bring some bricks, then bring them to build an altar which you can place your heart and your life on as a sacrifice offered up unto God, holy, pleasing, and acceptable unto him. If you're going to bring bricks and build an altar of which you can give God glory for the transformation of your life and the reconciliation of your life, the restoration of your life, if you're going to bring bricks, then build an altar. Because we all have created a mess. We all have been messy 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 tell your neighbor you messy yeah you know i'm quite sure you thought about two or three people who are pretty messy amen tell all your business messy means lacking neatness or even precision you know some messy people who can't keep their houses clean always just messy when they eat just get food all over the place Extremely unpleasant or even trying. You ever met a messy person that's just, they, they just try you all the time. Just trying. Unpleasant. Then lastly, marked by confusion, disorder, or dirt. Somebody shout messy. Romans chapter number 7, verse number 18. Grab it if you would in your Bible. Romans chapter number 7, verse number 18. Hallelujah. Also, if you would, hold your finger there. We're going to go over to Exodus chapter number 23 and verse number one. Then we're going to make our faith declaration. Hallelujah. Romans 7, 18, Exodus 23 and one. We'll begin in Exodus, but let's make our faith declaration on this morning. <clears throat> would you say today I'll be taught the word of God? Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. I am healed. No, sickness nor no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I am more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Talk to your neighbor for me. Say wealth and riches 
shall be in your house. Find another neighbor, say wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My uh, marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. Now say amen. Amen. Exodus chapter number 23, verse number one. The word of the Lord says, do not spread false reports. Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. Ah, I tell your neighbor, mind your business. It's your messy self. Amen. Do not spread false reports. Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. Got to protect your testimony. Watch your choice would also protecting the testimony of others as well. Wow. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I'm my brother's keeper. Yeah, you are charged with keeping their testimony as well. Why? Because their testimony is that which of the kingdom of God. And when you tarnish their testimony, <laughs> you tarnish the kingdom of God's testimony. Tell your neighbor, mind your business. So you got to keep the testimony even of your brother. Joshua chapter number 23, verse number 14. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter number 23, verse number. Get that for me, Nick, if you would. Tell your neighbor, mind your business. 23 and 14. Hallelujah. Joshua 23 and 14. I'll start in verse number. Thank you, Nick. That was quick. Now I'm about to. Oh, no, that ain't what we want, Nick. Hang on. Am I in the right place? We'll stay there. Now I'm about to go away of all the earth, uh, the way of all the earth. You know, with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. We talked about this in frequency. Every promise has been fulfilled and not has failed. Somebody shout, he's a good father. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, O oh God, even at the mess that we have made of our lives, yet you still love us. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, this sermon series, I'm going to just give you a jump start today, and hopefully we can make some way on this morning. But uh, I want you to lean in and stay very engaged and in tune with what God has to say about our lives, because we have a God that loves us greatly. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And, and just for a brief moment, I want to talk to you uh, messy. He loves the mess out of me. Hallelujah. He loves the mess out of me. He loves the mess out of me. God's love is so endearing. It's so infatuating. It's it's so it's so. Oh, God, you really can't even put it into adjectives to describe the type of love that God has for us. His love is intense. His love is tantalizing. It, it just grabs hold to you. His love is just so amazing. And even in our mess, yet he still loves us. 
The Bible declares while we were yet sinners. That while we were running away from God, God was chasing after us. He still died in spite of our mess. Watch, even the mess that we created for ourselves, he still loves us. So, so what happens with the mess? What, what do we usually do with mess? The first thing we normally do with mess is we hide it. We, we hide the mess that we have created. You know, you got guests coming over to your house and you hadn't cleaned up all week. You know, you take your mess and you shove it up under the bed. Yeah, y'all ain't the only ones that do that. I ain't the only one. You, you know, you shove everything into the closet. You take all of the dirty dishes out the sink and put them in the dishwasher. And instead of hanging your clothes up, you just throw them all at the bottom of the closet floor. So that's how we do with our mess. The first thing we do when we create a mess for ourselves, we try to hide it. Oh, y'all remember Adam and Eve when they created a mess, they hid behind a bush. You, you remember, you remember Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel, so he hid his brother's brown, a body. He threw him in the ground and buried him. Every time we create a mess, the first thing we try to do is hide it. So while we're trying to hide messes, God is looking for a mess. God. Oh, God. While we're trying to hide things, God is looking for us. While we are so messy, God is chasing after us. We're thinking, man, if I could only get clean up, then I'll come to God. God says, stay exactly as you are. Come to me and I'll do the cleaning. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we, we try to hide it. We try to hide it. Here, here's another thing we do with a mess is we try to blame others. You, you know, kids, when they break something, create a mess. It wasn't me. It was. Y'all remember Urkel? Did I do that? Yes, you did. The first thing we do is we try to blame others. Adam in the garden, he blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. Instead of owning up to what was done, they begin to point fingers. I just felt this in my spirit. Hear this. It's better to live with the consequences of the truth than to live with the reality and the torment of a lie. God Almighty. It's better to just to deal with the consequences of the truth than to be tormented by the entanglement of a lie. Just go ahead and fess up and own up to it. No matter how much mess it creates, take responsibility for your mess. Tell your neighbor, you're so messy. Talk back to him, say, yeah, but he still loves me. Uh, the third thing we normally do with the mess is we make excuses. Make excuses. Well, well, I'm this way because my daddy wasn't in my life. I'm this way because I didn't have all the opportunities you had. I, I, I'm this way because uh, my wife don't love me like I feel she should love me. Y'all quiet. We make all kind of excuses. You know, it's in the family bloodline. I was raised on the other side of the tracks. You know, we make all kind of excuses for the messes that we have created in life. Instead of just owning up and fessing up. Somebody shout messy. In Luke chapter number 15, we see the account. And I know we 
this message has been preached time and time again about the prodigal son, but catch it on this morning as we dig deeper into it. Verse number 11, it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger, he said to his father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. I don't think you ever caught that because I taught that once before. But one son asked, but they both got. (laughs) Are y'all reading what I'm reading? The younger son asked for his portion, but the loving, gracious father not only gives one, but he gives to them both. And it says that, that he divided his property between the two. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. Boy, if that was my son, he wouldn't have had nothing to gather. I'm like, boy, I paid for everything. Leave my stuff right where it's at. Take what you own, what you purchased with your money and be gone. No, I'm just, amen. He got all his stuff together, set off for a distant country, and there, watch, squandered or made a mess of his wealth and wild living. After he had created a great mess, this is Apostle Keith's translation. After he made a great mess there, a severe famine had come in the whole country and he began to be in a need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields, watch, to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he had come to his senses, he said, how many of my father's higher servants have food to spare? And I, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I want to take a pause there for a second because, you you know, when we create a mess, the first thing we don't feel is worthy. The moment we make a mess of our lives, we we feel that our value has diminished, that that there is no self-worth at that point. Like, who would love me after I have been married three times? Who would love me with six, seven kids? Who would love me when I dropped out of high school? Who would love me? I made a mess of my life. Who would love a mess like me? (laughs) Tell your neighbor I'm messy, but he still loves me. Yeah, you may not like me or value me for who I am, but God has a value far greater than you could ever assign to my life. And he said, I am no longer a son and I will make make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a, a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, somebody shout, but the father. But the father said to his servants, watch, he did not even address the son at all. He didn't even 
look for an apology from his son. He didn't ask his son where he has been, what he has done, what, what had happened in his life. He simply turns to the servants and he says to the servants, watch, but father, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Good God Almighty. Come on, put him in some good clothes. He done messed up and made a mess of the clothes he had on. But not only that, but put a ring on his finger. In other words, let him know who he belongs to. Let him know his value, his worth again. Because see, here it is, when you put a signet ring on a finger, it's a ring of authority and access. So everywhere the son would go, because he had the father's identity on his finger, he had access and he had authority based upon that ring. He can go into the grocery store and say, I will want this, this and this, just charge it to my father's account. He can go into the house and he can declare and decree over the, ser the servants in the house. Why? Because he had his identity in his father. So no matter how messy he was, he still had value in the father's house. Oh, God, I want to talk to somebody this morning. You made a mess of your life and you don't see yourself as worthy to receive the love that God has for you. I don't care how messy you've been. God still loves you. I don't care how you wrecked up your life, tore up your life. I don't care what you've done in your life. God still loves you. And watch, that'll never change. No matter what you've done, God still loves you. Not only that, but he says, put the sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. We're going to make a sacrifice and have a feast and celebrate. That's what we're about to do. For this son of mine who was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Well, this son had breath. Was he resurrected? He said the son who was dead but now is alive again. You know, when you create such a mess, death comes into your life. You, you stop living and breathing. When I say stop living and breathing, I'm not talking about a physical death. But there's a spiritual death. You become a dead man walking. You, you're in life, but you're not enjoying life. You're in life, but you're not living life. Y'all quiet. You know, you're just a mess and you're just a shell of a version of who God created you to be. That's what happens when you create a mess. You, you just walk around and you're just there. No life in you. He says, who was once lost, but now is found. So he began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called out of the servants, one of the servants, and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf has killed the fattened calf, fattened calf. In other words, the father had already made a preparation for a celebration for the son's mess he knew he was going to make. He had already prepared and planned a celebration for his son's return even before the son realized he was going to return. That's how much God loves you. God has already prepared a celebration for you. For the mess you already made for your life. Matter of fact, the Bible says it this way. 
it says that before the foundation of the earth was laid, the lamb was slain. God had already prepared a sacrifice before you even made a mess of your life. That's amazing. That's the Father's love. Can you say amen to that? And he says, it goes on and says, the older brother came and became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out to plead with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, not my brother, but your son who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home. How did he know what he did with his money? Somebody shouted, he messy. How how did he know? Did he journey off to a foreign land with his brother and did he party with him? How did he know how he spent his... He was messy. Somebody shouted, he's messy. He's projecting things on his son that he probably would have did himself. He, 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 probably, he probably would have, if daddy, if you would have gave me this money, I know what I would have done. How I would have been making it rain. Uh, with prostitutes comes home and you give him a party. You didn't give me a goat. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. Ah, that's where I want to get at right there. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Can I tell you something that will be strange to you this morning? I hope you catch it and I'm done. Is that God is glad to celebrate over your mess. Come on, come on. Ooh, God. God is glad to celebrate over your mess. Why? Because he's a God who is able to clean you up, fix you, and turn you around. He's a God who is well able to wash you and cleanse you by his blood. He celebrates over your mess. Because he knows he's the only one that can clean it up. He celebrates. How do I know Romans 5 and 8 tells us? But God demonstrates his own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hear this. The love from God in one moment is more than you can experience from anyone in a lifetime. The love that God has for you in one moment is more than you can experience from anyone in a lifetime. So what does Jesus do with our mess? Number one, he covers it. He covers it. To my shot, I'm covered. When the son came to the father, the first thing the father did was put a robe on. He covered him. The first thing when the son got out of the pit with the pigs, the first thing the father did was cover him. That's what Jesus does with your mess. He covers you in robes of righteousness. As messy as you are, you're covered. As much as you have made a mess over your life, you're covered. Now, he places a clean robe on a dirty sun. That's why you got to be careful about how you judge people. Because you may see them 
as they are right now, but God sees them far greater. And you'll see God covering them in the mess they have made. And watch what you see them as. God sees them as far greater. Somebody shout, I'm covered. What else does Jesus does with our mess? He washes it. According to Isaiah, it says that. Come, let us reason this matter. Says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet. Though they are as red, they shall be like wool. He's going to wash you and cleanse you. What does he do with the mess? He covers it. He washes it. And lastly, he died for it. He died for your mess. He died for your mess. He died for your mess. Father, we thank you this morning that we have a God that will take our messes and he will cleanse them. He will clean them up. He will wash them and renew them. He'll restore them back to their proper place. Sin is just a state of falling away from you, God. Being separated from you. And Father, we thank you that even in the messes that we have made, that God, you're restoring us to our proper state thank you for loving the mess out of us thank you for covering us thank you for washing us thank you for dying for us so father this morning for all the mess that we have made we take these piles of mess and we place them at your feet we've tried to sort our way through it We tried to clean it up ourselves. But we made a bigger mess because you can't clean or mess up a messed up with a messed up mind. So, Father, we thank you for renewing our minds today. We thank you for giving us the mind of Christ. We thank you that we can think your thoughts, God, for your thoughts above and beyond our thoughts. So, God, we put our thoughts to the side and we take on the thoughts of God. So, Father, this morning, we bless you even in the midst of our mess. And, God, we give you the glory. And we give you the honor. And we give you the praise. If you're here this morning with your heads bowed, you're here this morning, you know you have made a mess of your life. And you're struggling even with your own self-worth this morning. You realize that God loves you even in spite of your own mess that you have made. I believe this is an opportunity for you to be as the prodigal son to come back home. For the father is waiting for you with open arms, waiting to celebrate your return. That's you this morning. Made a mess of your life. A mere shell of your life, of yourself, of who God created. Here's an opportunity for you to renew your your faith walk in Christ. Here's an opportunity for you to come back home into the loving arms of the Father. That's you this morning. Backslid. Done some things wrong. But today you want to come back home to the Father. That's you. Just slip your hand in the air. want to pray with you and for you. I see you, ma'am. I believe there's others today. 
there's some other prodigal sons and daughters in the house. Maybe Satan has spewed lies into your lies into your ear, told you you're not worthy enough to receive this type of love and this type of grace. That's you this morning. Simply lift your hand in there. I want to pray with you and for you. Thank you, Father. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I see you. Any others this morning? God, we give you glory. And God, we give you praise. All standing to your feet. Father, I thank you this morning for everyone that made a decision to come out of the pig pen to run back into your loving arms. To come up out of their mess, God. Father, I give you glory. Father, I give you praise. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we will not be as the other son and stand on the wayside. We'll come in and celebrate with those who have come back home. We'll rejoice, Lord God, with those who rejoice. We'll celebrate their return. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Come on, clap your hands. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. What does he do? He covers us, he washes us, and he dies for us. That's the love the Father has for each and every one of us. If you don't know it today, know this, that God loves you beyond your mess. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. For those of you who accepted Christ, those of you who made a dedication on today, our greeters are going through the aisles. Make sure you get that white card, fill it out, return it back to one of us, if you would. And take the next step. Tell somebody of the decision that you've made. To come back to the Father, if you would. If you don't have a church home, you're here, and God has been drawing you here multiple times. I said this on last week. It's time to stop shacking up. It's time to get into a committed relationship. If you've been coming and returning, and the Holy Spirit has been drawing you, I believe God wants you to connect today. If that's you, you don't have a church home, and you want to make elevate your church home. If that's you, would you wave at me right quick? Amen that's you on today would you wave at me hallelujah thank you father god we give you glory god we give you praise in jesus mighty name amen and amen come on clap your hands one more time amen if you're here for the first second or a reoccurring times, i would love to shake your hand meet you and greet you on the way out amen i'm gonna pray amen i'm gonna pray and dismiss you guys hallelujah father now in the name of jesus we thank you god for everyone who has come We thank you, O God, for every decision that has been made. And Father, now we bless you and thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen Amen. and amen. God bless you.